You are listening to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast, episode 94, some quick communication hacks. Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Sanchez. I have five kids and I love sports and the piano, and I'm also a certified life coach and divorce coach. Here I talk about living your best life, whether you're divorced, married, or single, it doesn't matter. Achievement is nothing without fulfillment. So let's go. What's up, my people? How are you today? Hey, I'm recording this the day before Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday, because I love all things Thanksgiving, all the food, all the pies. My mom would make the best pies, my grandmother's recipe. If you want it, email me. But I get super excited about pies. I am super sad that I can't be with extended family. It seems the coronavirus is everywhere and spreading so badly that even though we've had it, we really can't go anywhere because everyone else has it. So we're sticking around making a meal that me, my husband, and my oldest daughter will eat. You know, little kids don't eat anything. Anyway. That's enough from me. I'm excited about today's podcast. It's going to be just a short, quick, sweet little thing about some communication hacks. I was thinking about all these co-parents out there, and it's not just for co-parents. I think a lot of these communication hacks would be great in a marriage, in any relationship. I really, business, um, parent to child, anything. So... Let's just jump right into it. I'm just going to go point to point. Okay, the first one is about approaching a difficult topic. Or maybe you're wanting to kind of set a boundary and just approach something that happened and you don't know quite how to go about expressing yourself. So let's give you a scenario first. Let's say your husband has his kind of things that he does around the house that's kind of expected. And you have your things around the house that you do that's kind of expected. Let's say his is taking out the trash. And if he doesn't get the trash to the curb on a specific day, I'm not acting like this has happened, right? Anyway, the trash really, it just builds up so badly and it stinks, let's be honest. And you don't like putting your trash just next to the bin of all this trash. Have I said trash enough? Okay, so you have to approach this trash problem. It's really bothered you. You've got to explain, (laughs) but you don't want to sound like a jerk. You know, the interesting thing is research suggests the first three minutes of a discussion determines 80% of the outcome of the discussion in business and in personal communications. So what does that mean? That means if you start the conversation out with, hey, why didn't you remember the trash? I hate going out there now. I can't even stand it. It stinks so badly. How are we supposed to, you know, whatever. Okay. How does the other person feel right now? What's the trajectory of this discussion? You want to start off with either putting it on yourself or maybe have just a normal conversation. I think approaching any difficult topic or any difficult conversation, 
You don't want to act like, hey, I need to talk to you about something. You don't need to act so serious about everything. Okay, you can put it a lot more simply. And here is a little equation that I use. I feel X about Y and I need Z. Okay, let me say that again. I feel X about Y and I need Z. So you're putting it on yourself. You can say, hey babe, I feel just a little frustrated and sad that the trash didn't get out there. And so I just need you to be a little bit more vigilant. I need that from you. This has really bothered me. And I know it's just me being bothered, but I need you to think about the trash day and planning that out. And that's it. All right. And I know in co-parenting communication, it can be a little different. Maybe I was talking to my client about this today. She's worried about the car seat that her co-parent uses for their daughter. It's very, very flimsy and she just gets scared. One time she saw she saw her three-year-old daughter in a booster seat with the seat belt way up high around her neck and it scared her. So we went over this today. I feel X about Y and I need Z. I feel scared when my daughter is in your care and worried about her safety and I need you to put a different car seat in there or make sure that she is super secure or I need you to make sure that she's not in a booster, that she's always in her car seat. So you understand. You can express yourself and put it on you by the I. You always use those I statements. And the other point I wanted to make about this is you don't need to be freaking Mary Poppins with the happy voice, always so joyful. You know what I'm talking about. That fake happy voice. Oh, babe. Yeah, I noticed that, and I feel sad, but it's totally fine. And da, 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 like, you're actually allowed to have emotions and feelings and annoyances. Did you know that, you guys? It's normal biochemistry. You're not a fembot or vice versa. If we're talking about a man talking to a woman, I don't want to be discriminatory with that. Don't be scared of being the witch. I've heard that a lot. Well, I don't want to sound witchy. I don't want to be, you know, this. I really think that that is society telling you that. That women get a little bit of a hard rap whenever we're just stern or we know what we want. Then people will be like, Row! you know, or she's, she's being a witch. Look, when you have this inward authenticity about knowing who you are and standing up for what you do feel and want, then you don't have to verbalize everything perfectly all the time. Don't feel like you can't bring something up because you're frustrated. I know that sometimes it's too much and you have anger and you should wait. And I think that's great. But you might be waiting a very long time for everything to be perfect for you to express yourself. And so it's okay to have feelings when you're expressing yourself. All right. And you can even say that, hey, I'm having all these feelings right now, like I'm upset. So you can apologize for it, but you don't have to. They're normal feelings. Say, I know that that will die down. It's just me. But this is what I need from you. This is why I feel this way. It's okay to feel how you feel. It's not wrong. There's no right or wrong with how you're feeling, is what I wanted to say.
Okay, so that's just my first little communication hack when you have to deal with something difficult in conversation or bring up a top topic. I feel X about Y and I need Z. Okay, the next little communication hack revolves around offering an apology. And I think this is so great because we always need to apologize. <laughs> and I think apologies really can open the door for intimacy, for trust, for uh, reconnection, and just to own stuff, right? And for respect. I, I, for me, when someone can own their behavior, respect is the first thing gained. So there's this three-step process. Now let me go into maybe an example. Let's say your husband comes up to you and says, hey, I have this baseball game that I really want you to go to. It starts in an hour. And you're like, oh my gosh, I hate baseball. Why would I want to go? I, I really don't want to go. I'd rather do anything else. It's so boring. Okay, so let's say you've said that and you need to apologize. So there's three steps. Number one, own your behavior. Two, offer your repair. And three, vow to improve. So in this case, you own be your behavior. Hey, I just wanted to apologize. Like I was super abrupt and I'm sure that my words hurt your feelings. And I just wanted to tell you I'm sorry about that. I own that. Now, number two, offer your repair. I really want to take a conscientious effort to not speak to you like that. And I want to show you that I love you and support you. And then number three, vowing to improve. And you say, I am going to do my best to not snap back, to go and support your game. And I bet I can find some things that I'd love about it. And just being with you and seeing you would make it worth it to me. So one, you own your behavior. Two, you offer your repair. And three, you vow to improve. Now, the person receiving the apology, there's another three-step process. <laughs> so this is the recipient of the snide baseball comp comment. Number one, you thank them. I think this is big. A lot of times we are trained to say, it's fine when people apologize. It's okay. Actually, it's not okay. Because if they're offering an apology, that means they damaged something and it wasn't okay. So if they're brave enough and exposing themselves up enough to apologize, then a thank you so much for your apology. A thank you goes a lot further. And then just an I'm fine actually invalidates the apology. And then two, acknowledge them. And number three, accept the apology. So you can just restate. And I really appreciate you coming to me. I bet that must be hard. And I see that this is a big step. And then three, I accept it. That might take time to accept. But you can just say I accept that. And it means a lot, a lot to me. So it's really simple. Thank them, acknowledge them and accept the apology. So that then, you know, when you're both taking the responsibility, one is taking the responsibility for apologizing, the other is taking the responsibility for accepting the apology. Now you can truly begin again. 
And isn't that what all relationships, good ones are, anyway, that you keep forgiving, you keep beginning new every day, sometimes every hour. (laughs) Another little communication hack that has helped me a lot funny enough, is something I heard from Russell Brand that his therapist told him to do in his marriage. It is called have a continuous running dialogue. What does that mean? You just talk about kind of everything that you're involved in, everything on your mind. At first, the other person, (laughs) you might want to warn them and say, I'm just going to let you know that I'm doing this because I feel like so much is lost in our communication. This helps with couples who have little kids and a lot of activities going on. I forget to tell my husband stuff all the time, and he's one that really likes to know everything. He likes to know every single thing that we do because he's an involved dad and parent and husband, and that's really great, (laughs) and I just forget. And so having a running dialogue all the time of just what you're doing, what, where you're going, what you did that day, even like turning your inner monologue outward helps the other person that's right there kind of around you know what's going on. So that's kind of an easy little hack that you can use to help you when you have a lot of little activities that are going on throughout the day and that you are preparing for tomorrow. So when you're like looking at your calendar, just say the things that you're reading. Just say, oh, Tommy has baseball at eight. Scarlett has this at seven and gymnastics is starting. She's excited, la 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 la. Seems like a lot of talking, but I'm telling you, the more talking we can do, the better. And this works too, if you have an open communication with a co-parent. It's called over-communicating really, and they use this a lot in business. As you over-communicate, you feel like you're beating a dead horse, but I promise you, restating, over-communicating, what's their schedule, what's going on, so that when you are in their presence, if you're dropping off kids or you're doing that, if you need to text or email, over-communicate it. Just have that running dialogue of what's going on. I hope that made sense. My last little thing that I wanted to say is if you find yourself in an argument, please try to agree first, then come with your stance or your position. Find something about what was said that you can agree on. When you do this, you can really de-escalate things. The idea with this is to show respect for what the other person thinks rather than shutting the person down and telling them they're wrong, you listen to them. It's that simple. I think that listening is so huge. We can learn so much by listening. A lot of times people want to get something, some information out of people, a lot of times with our children. But if we just sit and have an open ear and listen, a lot of times they divulge a lot more than what we were trying to get to in the first place. So that's my final point is instead of arguing right off the the bat, start off by agreeing with them and see if that creates an opening of respect so that you can have a conversation and express your side. With that all intertwined and all of these is the listening part, guys. So 
I hope those little communication hacks can help you in whatever you're doing in your marriages, in your co-parenting, in your parenting, in your business. I truly, truly hope that for you. And I wish you the merriest and happiest of Thanksgivings. Make it what you want. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed the podcast, please write a review, subscribe, share. And if you'd like to do some personal coaching with me, hop on over to my website, coachemilysanchez.com.